This podcast is for informational purposes only and does not constitute legal, tax, investment, financial, or other advice. It is not intended to cause or induce breach of an existing agency agreement. The goal of this podcast since day one is to provide the best information on the Vancouver real estate market at no cost to you, the listeners. To that end, we'd like to thank the following sponsors. This podcast is sponsored by Marcon, a local family-owned and managed real estate development and construction company that's been around for nearly four decades. Marcon is not only committed to high-quality construction, but it also is making a positive impact in the communities in which it builds all across the Lower Mainland. We want to highlight two incredible Marcon projects. Elmwood, a 38-story tower located at Burquitlam's most important intersection, Como Lake Avenue and Clark Road. This landmark tower will feature 335 condominiums, over 37,000 square feet of office and retail space, and almost 20,000 square feet of amenity space. Elmwood has been incredibly popular with 80% sold currently, but they still have a great selection of junior one-bedroom all the way to three-bedroom homes remaining. Check out markon.ca slash Elmwood for more. And Matt, we are also excited about Sone House, Markon's newest community in West Coquitlam. With 165 homes ranging from junior one beds to three beds, Sone House offers the perfect West Coast aesthetic with a more nuanced Nordic-inspired design. Register today at markon.ca slash Sonehouse. That's S-O-E-N-H-A-U-S. Or you can learn more at markon.ca or follow them at Instagram at markonhomes. Markon, building for life. Hello? 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 This is the Vancouver Weather State Podcast. And welcome back to Vancouver Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Scalina. And I'm your other host, Matt Scalina. And Matt, dare I say we have a real showstopper in the mix today. We've got uh, Helmut Pastrick, Chief Economist for Central One Credit Union. This is exciting for a number of reasons, Adam. Helmut Pastrick is a guy, when he speaks, people listen. He used to work for CMHC. He's been the Chief Economist at Central One Credit Union for 20 plus years. Economic forecasts, housing forecasts. He's the man, and we finally got him on the show. Yeah, and I can't wait for this because we came across, obviously, Helmet has a lot of speaking engagements throughout Vancouver talking about and, and Canada, talking about economic and housing forecasts, and, and he's, he's a well-respected voice in the industry. Um, and that's how actually we came across him is we, we saw him speak a, a couple of years ago, I think, and it was fantastic, and we've wanted to have him on the program. He's a big ticket. He's a hot ticket in Vancouver, and we're so happy we got him, and, and you get him for free. That's right. All of you. You specifically, Matt. Yeah, I, I got them for free too. I even got to ask them a few questions, which yes. is exciting. Yes. But the other thing that's exciting is Central One just released its resale market housing outlook 2019 to 2021. And Helmet speaks to uh, the housing forecast. That's what we were talking to him about. So it's yeah, good, absolutely. And, and good timing. We, sh- we should say, um, you know, this is a really interesting report. If you haven't looked at it yet, they're commenting on the detached market, what the outlook is for the detached market, but they also have some really interesting insights into the condo market and what's going to be happen in attached properties in the coming years. But if you haven't looked at the report yet, just listen to this. Yeah, just listen to this. We got, we got, it's we coming it. from the horse's mouth here. And this is, uh, this is so much better than a report. Yeah, come on. 
Some might you call can it, work out while you do this. Yeah. But we will actually still link to the report <laughs> on our website. So after you get off the treadmill, you can go read it. Yeah, exactly. it will be on our site, Vancouver Real Estate yeah, yeah. Podcast.com. Take, Take a break. You're at uh, 200 calories. Take a break. But what else do we got, Adam? We got the May stats. May 2019 stats were released this morning. Yeah, Matt. So, you know, we've talked about it on the program before, but most of the people moving through the market right now are local folks uh, buying and selling for the typical reasons that you would expect them to be selling. Family is ex- or buying. Family is expanding. There's death, divorce, relocation, all the things that kind of drive people to move throughout the market. And what we want to say is uh, a couple things. One is the subject to sale is definitely back in a lot of cases. We're seeing a lot more subject to sales uh, out there, which is hasn't been a big thing in our market for the last, well, at least five years. No, uh, I was talking to an agent uh, started three, four years ago. I don't think he'd ever even heard of one. He was like, oh, what yeah? is that? Yeah. Well, wait till you hit him with the shotgun clause. <laughs> Look that one up. <laughs> um, but anyways, we're, we're, so we, we should say, though, like May actually felt like a busier month, and that was the general consensus actually right throughout the industry, and the stats kind of support that. If you look at the uh, stats that we got where, where they break it down by sales ratio, um, April 2019 in the downtown area, it was a 13% sales ratio, so about one out of 10 homes selling. If you look at May, it's 17%, so up slightly. Westside Detached in April was 9%, uh, and Westside Detached in May, 12%. Uh, Westside Attached in, in, so this is condos, in April was 14%. Westside Attached in May was 21%. Um, and then moving on to the east side, the east side Detached was 10%, so that's one out of 10 homes in, uh, in April. And in May, we saw that move to two out of, two out of 10 homes. Yeah, 19%. And Eastside attached condos went from 24%, so basically two and a half out of 10 homes selling to 31%. So that's actually, you know, I mean, it, it almost sounds silly talking about these these marginal percentages, but we saw increased in ta- activity in all of the Vancouver markets. Well, well, here's the thing, Adam. I, I mean, one, it, it's worth pointing out we're still below the 10-year average, so we're still slower. This is a slower market than than has been around for, for quite some time. Sure. But with that said, and this might just put a finer point on exactly what you're saying, there was 1,829 homes sold overall in April 2019. That number in May? 2,638. So there's almost... More activity. Yeah. I mean, seven 800 houses sold uh, over month over month. And I'll tell you what, we felt it. It felt like the old days. It, <laughs> I don't know about the old days. What I will say preemptively to some of the bears out there is we're not, we're not saying that the market is, is bouncing back in any aggressive way. Wait, one month doesn't make a trend, Adam? No, one month definitely does not make a trend. But here's what we are saying is that these numbers do show an increase in all the city of Vancouver submarkets. And they are moving. There's definitely now more balanced markets. It's not as aggressive as a buyer's market this past month. And we'll see what happens next month. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, it felt positive in May to me uh, compared to, say, March. March felt brutal, especially in hindsight. Yeah, I sure. mean, but it felt brutal in just terms of just activity was yeah. just not there. Yeah. Um, and You May, realize last month was not March. Yeah, no, I know. I'm okay. saying in May, oh, okay. May is when the flowers came back right. uh, in, right. in all regards. Wow, that's touching. But Matt, enough about our analysis. Let's cut to the chief economist of Central One Credit Union, Mr. Helmut Pastrick. Enjoy, guys. This is a fantastic episode. (laughs) 
Okay, so we're here with Helmut Pastrick, Chief Economist at Central One Credit Union. How are you doing, Helmut? I'm fine, thanks. Yeah, thanks for taking the time today, Helmut. Maybe can we start uh, with you just telling our listeners a little bit about yourself? Okay, uh, I'm Chief Economist for the uh, Central One Credit Union, and which is the umbrella organization for uh, BC and Ontario uh, credit unions. Uh, uh, the economics uh, department uh, monitors the uh, obviously the economy, the housing market. Uh, uh, we provide uh, forecasts uh, on the above as well as on uh, interest rates. Uh, we um, uh, provide services to uh, those credit unions, and we also uh, release our uh, our information on the uh, pu- our public website as well. Fantastic. Maybe we'll start um, uh, looking at the market here. We're at the end of May 2019. Sales ratios are way down. Uh, Prices have been slipping over this spring and and basically over the last year. Helen, in your mind, can we look back now and say Vancouver was in a classic bubble? Well, it depends how you define bubble. Uh, uh, Certainly prices have rose uh, significantly uh, anywhere between 40 to uh, probably 100%, depending on the market uh, you're looking at. Uh, certainly for condominiums, uh, prices uh, increased uh, upwards of 100% or double. And, uh, you know, on that simple basis, yes, you, uh, some would classify it as a bubble. Uh, now, technically, uh, a bubble uh, is more than just rapid price increases. Uh, it really depends on the cause and the nature of the uh uh, why prices have risen as much as they uh, as they did, and um, there are a lot of fundamental factors that were behind uh, the price increase. Uh, and certainly, as housing cycle uh, and price expectations in- increase, uh, uh, there is more speculation uh, that does occur. And uh, for me, uh, a bubble is defined as there being uh, a significant amount of speculation activity. And other, and that's difficult to to really measure and gauge. Uh, and we do have some uh, evidence uh, on the extent of speculation. For example, uh, uh, we obtain uh, data uh, from uh, uh, that allows us to uh, gauge and uh, measure the uh, amount of time that is uh, held between sales, i.e., flipping, right? Uh, flip, flipping activity, and uh, certainly during this. This current cycle, flipping activity uh, did increase, uh, uh, and uh, certain and, and speculation uh, as a result uh, as well. Uh, that would be normal during any kind of upswing in, in a uh, in a housing market cycle or any market for that matter. Uh, um, now, whether it was uh, excessive and the main cause of price increases uh, is debatable, and in my view, it was not uh, the main cause. I think we. Uh, have to look at uh, fundamental supply and demand factors uh, at play. Uh, obviously, we came from a period of uh, low interest rates, and they're still relatively low. Uh, we had uh, uh, an economy that continued to to grow and expand, uh, employment, uh, incomes, of course, population growth as well contributed to uh, higher demand, uh, and housing supply typically, uh, you know, does respond with a time lag. Uh, uh, and so there's always going to be some sort of mismatch between a, a pickup in housing sales and a pickup in housing supply. Uh, 
And that certainly, uh, I think, uh, accounts for, for most of the price increase in, in my mind. Uh, 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 this is not to say that uh, speculation uh, certainly contributed to some of that price increase, uh, foreign buyer activity uh, as well. Uh, but again, some of that foreign buyer activity, um, you know, is, is that speculation or is that simply uh, uh, legitimate uh, legitimate demand? Uh, again, that's uh, uh, debatable uh, as well. So, uh, so when when I look at this particular housing cycle upswing and compare it to uh, prior uh, cycles in in the Vancouver market. Uh, uh, this market, I think, has probably had less speculation than, let's say, in the uh, 1979 to 1981 market or the, uh, the market that uh, culminated in 1989. Interesting. So, so it sounds like, in your mind, looking at other periods in, in Vancouver's past, the, the kind of fundamentals uh, were there for this kind of last run over the last five years or so. Yes, for the most part. Uh, again, difficult to to quantify and estimate exactly how much to attribute to to each uh, factor, if you will, fundamental factors and the components of fundamentals versus uh, speculation activity. Uh, uh, my my sense is that uh, I would assign probably eighty percent to fundamentals. Helmet, um, did you foresee the slowdown in the market? Well, uh, we began to see, uh, to some extent, we began to see uh, changes uh, uh, in in uh, interest rates. I mean, interest rates did back up uh, uh, modestly, uh, but still were were rising. And uh, of course, the run up in housing prices uh, does squeeze uh, demand out. Uh, first time uh, buyer activity um, uh, declines uh, during these uh, price upswings. Uh, so uh, you know, looking again, uh, looking at past cycles, you know that the, the an end is uh, going to occur. It's just a, just a question of when and under what circumstances. So a slowdown uh, was be, was becoming evident. Uh, uh, then, of course, we had uh, various policy changes, and in particular uh, on the uh, availability of mortgage credit, uh, and that uh, began to uh, change, uh, i.e., tighten. Uh, in 2016, uh, roughly, well, exactly October of 2016, when the uh, uh, federal government's uh, uh, financial services uh, regulator uh, imposed the uh, first stress test on insured mortgages. And uh, that was followed in uh, January uh, 1st of 2018 by another stress test, uh, well, comparable stress test, but this time extending to uninsured mortgages. those stress test measures effectively raised interest rates uh, by a full two percentage points on on uh, qualifying uh, uh, borrowers. So uh, that was like an interest rate hike, right. uh, and a fairly significant one in a sh- in, a, in a very abrupt uh, fashion. Is, is that in your mind? Because obviously we've seen the foreign buyers tax, the speculation and vacancy tax, um, the empty homes tax in Vancouver. Is is in your mind? Is the stress test kind of the the number one uh, factor here in in the slowdown it is a uh, a, a big factor yes uh, and when it comes to the policies that you just mentioned uh, and the impact they've had on on the housing market I would uh, rank uh, the b20 or the stress test as a uh, top of the list and and then uh, probably the foreign buyers tax uh, uh, 
after that, uh, and then the, the speculation in Vancouver City's uh, empty home tax. Uh, uh, so it's a combination of factors that played out. And uh, as I said earlier, that uh, in the past uh, two or th- couple of years or so, you know, the Bank of Canada was raising rates uh, uh, and mortgage rates and long bond yields uh, increased as well. Uh, so that squeezed out some some demand. Uh, and of course, coupled with the run-up in prices, uh, uh, that too had a, a, a significant impact on on a negative impact on sales. So, Helmut, in in thinking about some of the policies that have been implemented in Vancouver over the last few years, um, are, in in your thinking, are, are these good policies? And, and related is, to government policies specifically. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's a that's a tricky one. <laughs> it, it depends on uh, on uh, I guess one's political philosophy, if you will. Uh, among other factors, and where you sit in the housing market, are you a, an owner or are you a renter? Are you looking to get into the market? So uh, it really depends as to uh, whether you can one considers it a good policy or, or, or negative policy. Uh, so it depends on who you talk to. Uh, uh, certainly, the the uh, objective of having a more affordable housing market is uh, is certainly laudable and, and necessary. Quite frankly. Uh, uh, it's it's necessary to ensure and uh, facilitate a growing economy. Uh, uh, high housing prices in in uh, Vancouver and other parts of BC, but notably uh, the Lower Mainland, uh, uh, does discourage uh, people from living here and and businesses from locating here as well. And it also can encourage uh, people and businesses to to move out of the region. Uh, so having an affordable housing stock is uh, a very is desirable and necessary on on many fronts, not just on a social objectives of having uh, uh, more more residents being able to uh, you know have have uh, housing that's uh, uh, within their budgets, uh, but it also facilitates uh, uh, economic growth as well. Uh, uh, and you know the policies that that uh, to achieve that are. are 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 going to be uh, many and varied. Uh, it's not only uh, provincial policies such as the taxation uh, we you mentioned, but also local government policies as well. Uh, and 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 I would also add federal government uh, involvement, uh, particularly in the supply of uh, of affordable social housing, uh, is also necessary as well. Um, now, quite frankly, uh, given that. Uh, uh, this region is a popular uh, destination, uh, and population growth will continue over the uh, uh, coming years and decades, as it has in prior decades. Uh, and given our land uh, constraints, uh, you're well familiar with the uh, cliche, I suppose, of uh, you know the mountains on the north, the water on the west, and the U.S. border on the south. Uh, our, our path of development is only eastward, and we're very constrained. Uh, geographically, uh, uh, and as well as other uh, markets in BC, uh, I could point to Victoria, uh, Kelowna, and, and the like. Uh, uh, and when you're faced uh, with that geo- those geographic constraints, uh, up against ongoing demand for for uh, for for living space, uh, then land prices uh, can only go in one direction, and that's they've risen uh, steadily over over the many decades, and I expect that to continue. Uh, 
Um, certainly there are, are market cycles within that long-term upward trend, and we're in that, that particular a particular housing cycle phase uh, at this point. But uh, in 25, 35 years from now, I expect housing prices to be uh, considerably higher than they are today. So, so it sounds like thinking about a few things that you said there, Helmut, um, part of the market slowdown here in is kind of normal cycles, but in your mind, it seems like it's a, it's a pretty good time to be looking at buying real estate. Well, uh, as prices have come down and I expect further price uh, softness uh, for the next six months, 12 months, uh, and potentially uh, uh, beyond, uh, that yes, uh, I do expect uh, uh, that there'll be some... Uh, uh, potential buyers who have been just waiting for for a better opportunity to get into the market, uh, and I think that that will uh, play out uh, in, in at some point uh, going forward. So certainly, some people uh, buyers may bide their time, uh, wait for prices to actually bottom and uh, stabilize before entering the market. Uh, but uh, uh, these uh, you know lower prices will bring in uh, more and more buyers and uh, will help stabilize the market. Do you have a thought on on when the bottom actually happens? Well, uh, when it comes to housing prices, that's what most people follow. Uh, uh, I, w- I, w- I would think we're we're at least a uh, minimum six months away, probably twelve months. It could could be eighteen months away before we see bottom, uh, uh, but it will occur. Uh, you know, the, the normal market uh, dynamics uh, are at play, and housing supply uh, is being uh, reduced. Uh, uh, I'm particularly thinking of new housing supply. Uh, housing starts are still high at rolling at high levels, but uh, uh, that will change in, in the coming months. Uh, housing uh, construction will decline by a considerable amount uh, uh, in 2020 and probably uh, remain low for a period of time. Uh, and uh, so this this bottom, uh, when it comes to pricing, uh, said uh, uh, probably a year away, uh, and it, you know, it, it may even be longer. <clears throat> Helmet, uh, not that we're asking you to get your crystal ball out here, but um, any any thoughts on on how low percentage wise we're going to see a, a drop in the Vancouver Metro Vancouver area? Yes, uh, one uh, I would uh, say that uh, as a uh, background is that uh, this particular housing uh, downturn is not accompanied by or driven by an economic recession. And uh, so that would uh, that would make it uh, less severe uh, than if it were uh, accompanied by an economic recession. The uh, so far we've seen uh, housing prices in the Lower Mainland come off uh, on the order of eight to ten percent from their highs, uh, particularly on single-family uh, homes and in particular high-end single-family homes, uh, homes that were uh, valued at two, three million plus. Uh, those prices have come off uh, 15 to 20 percent. And there, I think you could look at the foreign buyers tax uh, uh, impact there. Uh, Further price declines uh, uh, on the condominium side, uh, prices have not declined as much as on the single family detached side. Uh, but further slippage uh, is coming uh, on in the condominium sector, apartments and townhouses. Uh, uh, so when it's all said and done, uh, I would think that from the peak, uh, which was about a year, year plus, uh, the price decline will be on the order of 15 percent, uh, potentially 20 uh, uh, But uh, in I should also put some context to that, that in uh, 
uh, more severe circumstances, such as uh, an economic recession, uh, driving a housing uh, correction, prices have come off anywhere between 30 to 35 percent in, in, in previous cycles. Does just in thinking of this cycle as a student of kind of real estate in in the lower mainland, does does this moment remind you of of other times in in our past, or is this seem unique to you? Uh, this is a rather unique one, and it is because of uh, those policy measures uh, as I mentioned earlier, the the stress tests, uh, and also the other. Uh, measures that uh, the financial institutions regulators have imposed on on lenders, uh, banks, uh, and credit unions. Uh, so it's not only the stress test, but other measures have been uh, enacted that would uh, make mortgage credit less available and uh, more expensive. So uh, uh, those uh, this cycle uh, again, I think is is. Uh, just you know, I think a fair amount is policy induced, and not really due to the run up in, in mortgage rates uh, uh, or the run up in prices. So, uh, certainly, there has been had some impact, uh, but the, these policy measures uh, certainly potentially were were the tipping point. Does does so in your mind, if it, if it's policy induced uh, in a, a large part, and the fundamentals seemed there uh over the last kind of run up in the last five years is it is it basically kind of an artificial stifling of demand in your mind well those policy measures were intended to uh, uh well to cool the housing market to help control the run up in household debt i think those those uh policy goals were generally uh, successful uh were met um uh you know as to uh you know, reducing the amount of speculation in the market. Uh, I think obviously that has, that's, has, I think there's some evidence that or suggests that that's probably the case. Uh, certainly foreign buyer activity has been reduced. Um, and albeit it was never all that high, uh, except for in significant special or uh, market sectors. Uh, uh, I think those uh, policy measures uh, were, were generally successful uh i know the uh some of the ministers uh have have uh, expressed uh, satisfaction with with the results helmet in, in just thinking about um what's going on right now in the in the conversation around affordability and then thinking of vancouver as kind of operating both within the canadian context but also within you know being a west coast city uh within the pacific rim is vancouver overpriced in your opinion Again, that that relates to uh, I guess whether we're in a bubble, but uh, as to overpriced, I don't believe it is. Uh, uh, I think for the most part, uh, fundamentals have determined uh, uh, land prices, uh, and it's really all about land uh, uh, prices. Uh, uh, and I would also add that Vancouver is not the most expensive market uh, by any means. Uh, uh, when you look at the international. Uh, seen uh, there are many many more markets that are that are uh, have much higher prices and are less affordable uh, uh, than Vancouver uh, uh, certainly uh, you know our unique situation vis-a-vis -vis our geography uh, uh, certainly comes into play and the fact that uh, it is a uh, popular uh, uh, destination uh, for for uh, 
migrants. Um, uh, I think, uh, you know, we're not overpriced. Uh, we're certainly high priced, uh, no doubt about that. Uh, it is unaffordable for many. And uh, as I said earlier, it will become even more unaffordable uh, in the future. And what, how that adjustment will play out, uh, will, we will see over time relatively more renters uh, than owners. So right now the um, owner-renter uh, uh, composition or split is roughly, you know, loosely speaking, 65-35%. Um, in 25-30 years, uh, that could easily shift uh, down to 60-40. Uh, so, so sorry, that, that 65-35 is 65%... Owners, owners, owners to, renters. To renters. Yeah, yeah, roughly. I'm not quoting Statistics Canada census numbers, uh, but but just uh, as a rough uh, measure. Right, you know? but but moving kind of towards cities like say New York, where renting is just kind of a normal state of of Correct. affairs. Right. Yeah, you go. You, you look at some of the European cities as well. They're 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 actually more renter households than owner households. Right. Is maybe uh, kind of switching gears a little bit here, this slowdown that's currently underway in relation to the larger economy, I know we're not in a, not in a recession. We have a fairly vibrant economy right now in, in British Columbia and in the lower mainland. What will be the impact of, of this kind of thinking over the next, you know, anywhere from six months to three to five years? Yes, well, the fact that uh, we're seeing this housing market uh, correction play out, uh, it will result in less uh, uh, activity, uh, particularly in new construction. Uh, obviously, housing sales are down, so realist, realtor activity is down. Uh, but the real uh, impetus to uh, the economy comes through new construction. Right. Uh, and uh, with uh, housing starts uh, uh, aiming to, uh, looking to fall, decline, uh, then that will mean less uh, economic activity, and that will pull down uh, overall economic growth. Uh, construction, industry, employment, uh, uh, I would expect also to uh, to come off. Certainly in the residential sector, uh, we you know we still have a pretty good uh, non-residential uh, uh, construction outlook, uh, but on the residential side, uh, uh, with housing starts uh, going to come down, then there'll be less activity there as well. So economic growth uh, uh, will uh, be somewhat lower as a result of this uh, housing uh, situation. Helmut, in thinking about the province kind of as a whole, does does BC have a healthy relationship with real estate, in your opinion? Ooh, well, it's uh, certainly a uh, a uh, top of mind topic uh, usually, uh, especially during these up cycles. Uh, uh, I think so. I would say uh, generally yes uh, on that. Uh, you know, everybody uh, needs to live somewhere. So real estate is very uh, vital in that regard. And, uh, um, you know, home ownership is uh, still a, uh, I think, a preferred uh, housing tenure for, for, for many. You know, certainly there, there are elements, uh, I'm sure, that uh, take advantage of the situation. Uh, I mean, there are f- speculators out there. There are flippers out there. Um, and, uh you know, I'm glad the uh, provincial government has enacted uh, some of measures, particularly on uh, tracking beneficial ownership, uh, tracking sales assignments. Uh, certainly, the, I think that's very, uh, very useful and uh, should also, you know, uh, cool the market, uh, cool that component of the market, i.e. flipping and, and speculative activity, uh, uh, and, you know, 
uh, speculation uh, can be useful mm-hmm. uh, portion of a market, but uh, when it's only a matter of flipping, uh, sort of like you buy an equity and uh, on the expectation that all oh, prices are going up, and that's the only reason I'm buying a particular uh, stock, not because it's a good company or because uh, it's a, in a favorable situation, only because uh, prices have gone up, I expect it to go up further, and I'm going to benefit from that. I'm just simply going to flip it over. Uh, I'm, I'm a you know, high-frequency trader is another way to put it. Uh, that uh, can be uh, can be negative uh, uh, activity for, for the market. Uh, uh, but uh, good speculation, uh, uh, which involves more of a sort of a, a longer-term uh, time horizon, uh, is a, a useful feature in, in market activity. And it, and it seems like just thinking about kind of the larger economy, there is a fine balance here. Like you mentioned earlier that, you know, housing being unaffordable uh, is is not great for the economy and for just housing people that want to live and work here um but it, there's that fine line between uh you know housing affordability making housing affordable and and actually uh really taking down the the larger economy with that project exactly and uh, uh you know market forces are are, are going to uh uh, continue, and I think they're just too strong to turn back. Uh, so the proper role of government is to uh, is to uh, come up with uh, better solutions to increase affordable housing, and it, it's uh, really across all levels of government, uh, at the local, provincial, and federal level. Uh, and often, uh, if you look back at housing's uh, history, uh, you will see that uh, certainly at provincial, at the federal, and occasionally provincial level. Housing is simply used as a uh, as a uh, temporary political uh, gain, if you will, and uh, uh, it's not meant. It's not used as a as a uh, uh, viewed as a long term uh, necessary funding uh, uh, budget item. Um, you know, there have been times when uh, federal government programs are on and then they're off again. Uh, when really we need to see a, an ongoing, steady. Uh, supply of funding for affordable housing. And just like we need to see a steady supply of, uh, of uh, land and, uh, and sites uh, uh, available for redevelopment, um, you know, adequate uh, planning and uh, rezoning activity, uh, uh, we need to see uh, the, some uh, better information uh, given to the public about uh, the negative impact of NIMBYism. Um, certainly there are some legitimate concerns about development. We don't necessarily want to see high rises on every, uh, every street corner, um, but uh, there's more needs to be done to, to, uh, to inform the public uh, of the benefits of, of densification and the benefits of, of uh, improved uh, transit to, to uh, service uh, higher density uh, uh, populations. Just maybe two two more questions I have for a helmet here. Uh, one is, uh, you know, you mentioned before kind of predictions, and you know, it could potentially be worse if if the if there's a recession or the economy is it gets into trouble here. What what are the biggest risks in your mind uh, for for BC's economy? Um, you know, in the next kind of three to five years. Yes, uh, the, the uh, risks are typically external. Uh, BC is a relatively small economy. Uh, you know, we're we're a price taker, if you will. 
similar similar with Canada, uh, at, certainly at the global level. Uh, so external events really determine uh, uh, our economic fortunes, uh, certainly domestic uh, matters uh, uh, as well. But uh, it's the external events that typically at the margin uh, result in either faster growth uh, or, or slower growth or even economic recessions. Uh, uh, and so I worry uh, right now about the external uh, trade uh, disputes that are occurring, U.S.-China, uh, U.S. versus uh, uh, other, uh, the EU. Uh, <laughs> U.S. So versus forth. the world? <laughs> almost, yes, almost. Uh, so that's a concern. Uh, I don't expect uh, to see a, a, an economic recession uh, play out in the next couple of years. As a result of that, I think at some point, uh, saner heads will prevail. But it does mean, uh, uh, you know, uh, certainly a, a negative um, uh, business sentiment, uh, slower uh, slower growth than what could we could have otherwise without these uh, trade disputes. Uh, it means low interest rates will continue for the next uh, uh, couple of years, if potentially if not longer. Uh, so, uh, you know, it's, it's a recession typically uh, occurs when there are significant uh, imbalances uh, in an economy. And at this point, we don't see that uh, playing out in the U.S. or or elsewhere. I mean, there's certainly problem areas, uh, but there are no excessive uh, imbalances at this point. Uh, and when you look at the economic history uh, and and uh, business cycle history, there are occasions uh, in the past where geopolitical events have uh, materialized and precipitated an economic recession. Uh, so that's another concern. Maybe, and as a, as a final question here, Helmut, uh, the money laundering issue that's that seems to be taking up a lot of space uh, in the headlines right now, and the in- inquiry is is being called for. What what are your thoughts on on money laundering in in this market, and and kind of just your general take on on money laundering in real estate and money laundering in the and the larger economy here in British Columbia? Yes, uh, well, certainly the uh, the report that was released recently. Uh, came up with an estimate and it was just simply an estimate there is no there are no hard numbers uh on uh, on money laundering uh um, certainly uh, the i guess the uh, uh criminal uh, police authorities would have some notion but we, that's only a small uh component of it uh, uh the extent of money laundering and its impact on real estate that's a difficult one uh, uh i would put it in more in a minor category uh uh, I would not uh, put it as a significant factor, uh, uh, along with this speculation as well. Uh, uh, and certainly, uh, you know, the extent that we can uh, have a better handle on money laundering, we can uh, uh, discourage money laundering, uh, ideally eliminate it. Uh, uh, that's all. That's all would be beneficial to not just the real estate, but to to the broader economy as well. Uh, um, so we'll see how the inquiry goes. Uh, uh, again, it's, it's going to be a, a problem of uh, getting hands on actual evidence and uh, uh, information on, on that uh, sector. But uh, um, I think, you know, really it's, it's uh, housing demand and supply fundamentals that are, are far more important. Well, well, maybe we'll leave it there. But Helmet, we have this quick segment called the Five Wire, Five Quick Questions about Vancouver. Can you stick around for that? Yes. Uh, so first question is, what is your favorite neighborhood in Vancouver? Wow. Uh, it's the neighborhood I live in. 
<laughs> no, <laughs> I guess Sorry. you can choose if you want to disclose that or not. <laughs> oh, I, I live in South Richmond. Oh, very nice. Oh, right. Oh, I okay. love South Richmond. Yeah. That's, that's a great one. Yeah, okay. Um, favorite bar or restaurant? Steveston Village. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Actually, that's true. There, there's a, a Japanese restaurant in Steveston that I, I really like, yeah, Ichiro. Oh, nice. Um, where's the first place that you bring somebody visiting from out of town? Well, in my neighborhood, Steveston. <laughs> <laughs> this is a Steveston central <laughs> <Yes>. centric. <laughs> well, so number four helmet, uh, and maybe we'll think kind of real estate or, or economic advice related. Uh, if you could give your 18 year old self one piece of advice, what would it be? Uh, uh, buy uh, housing sooner. Ah, interesting. Very good one. Um, and and uh, the last question, Helmet, um, what is something that you've purchased for under $500 recently that has had a, a major impact on your life? Wow. <laughs> major impact on my life. Uh, Positive or negative. <laughs> uh, uh, actually, I bought a putter. I'm oh. a golfer. Nice. So uh, I really like it. So it's uh, yeah, it's improved your short game. That, that's what, it improved my putting. Yes, they call that they call that a game changer. <laughs> well, well, thanks so much for your time, Helmet. That was a fascinating conversation. And uh, how can people find out more about about yourself and about uh, Central One Central Credit. One Credit Union? Yeah, so we have a, a public website, uh, CentralOne dot com, and. Uh, on there, you'll see a tab called Economic Insights. Uh, we produce uh, regular reports on the economy and housing markets, uh, and that's available for, for public use. Uh, as we also generate uh, economic and housing forecasts as well. So uh, certainly I invite them uh, to uh, use that uh, information. And I was going to say, we we follow your reports uh, when they come out, and uh, and we're big fans of your your colleague or uh, Brian Yu on Twitter, who's, uh, who's <laughs> quite active. Who's quite active on Twitter, but uh, so, yes, he is. Yes, yeah. But thanks again for your time, Helmet. Really appreciate it. Yeah, you're most welcome. So there you have it, folks, our discussion with Helmut Pastrick, Chief Economist at Central One Credit Union. Really enjoyed having Helmut on the program, Matt. And I should say, we've been trying to get him on for a long time, and he did not disappoint. Uh, super insightful guy, and we're, we're big fans of Central One Credit Union. Yeah, that was a that was a great conversation. So so great to have Helmet on, and hopefully we can have him back for sure. And and the other thing I should say is it was great that he stuck around for the Five Wire, which South turned, Richmond stand up turned out to be a very Steveston centric Five Wire, that's one of right. the first that's ever gone that wow. deep south. Yeah, you know what we've had we've had a couple others. Well, one. A, Big friend of the show is also from Steveston. Uh, uh, you uh, referred to Swansea? Swansea. Yeah, Swansea's in, in Steveston. He's, He's living uh, large in Steveston. Yeah, XT is one of his nicknames. We also refer to him as the Whale of West Dyke Trail. And uh, and then we got Mark Ting. Mark Ting, past guest, friend of the show. Yeah. He's also a guy that... Uh, Don't is, you have a nickname for Mark as well? Mark Ting, the shark of Gary Point Park. Oh, the good shark. The shark of Gary Point Park. Yeah. Friends of the show. I I, I think we should move to Steveston, to be yeah. honest. But uh, yeah, that's There's probably... worse places to be, that's for sure. But, for sure. But what else do we got? Adam, one thing to say is we were citing stats in the intro. Yes. And those are stats that are going out to the live wire today you can if, get those and yeah they're not those are not for the public those are for the live wire 
folks that are subscribed. So head over to VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com and sign up there for these stats package. Yeah, and if you don't like your stats being fumbled through by the Scalina brothers, uh, just just get a copy. Just get on this list. You, there's no reason not to be on this list. Yeah, that's it. We that's don't exactly spam, right. we educate. That's right. No spam, no hype. Just, uh, just pure value add all that, the time. That's right. That's yes. right. What else? Adam. We're up two reviews. We are up two reviews. If you are a fan of the show, there's a couple ways you can help us grow. One is leave us a review. We've got 221 reviews on iTunes. We would love to hear from you. We read them all. We high five after every review. And if you like the show, please give us five stars on iTunes. We would love to hear from you. If you don't like the show, keep it to yourself. Yeah. No reason to be speaking right now. Yeah, yeah. There's just, just, just shut up and listen. Um, but, uh, but what else? We got the, we got the reviews. We also have what? what private, else we got? private client services. Matt, that if, real estate research tool we got. Matt, if you are not using PCS, you are standing still while the rest of us power walk by. You get sold prices, days on market. You get realtor level information at your fingertips. It's free. It's the best resource out there. We use it all the time. We have clients on it, and seriously, it is, it is fantastic. Sign up for your free account on VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com. If you're not using PCS, you're doing it wrong. And if you want to talk about PCS, you want to talk Hold about... Hold on, Matt. Before we do cut for the day, I also want to say just quickly, we are growing and, and we really, really thank you for the support. If you like the episodes that you're hearing, if you like the information, first of all, get in touch if you have any show ideas, but also share us with a family member or friend. That's how we grow this podcast. And uh, thank you in advance. Absolutely. And you can talk about that or anything else, real estate related or otherwise, with me at any time, 778-847-2854 or Matt at VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com. Or you can try me at 778-866-4574 or Adam at VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com. We also have that secret line, info at VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com. Some some might call him the uh, hunk of dudeney trunk. <laughs> Made for a joke. I'm yeah. liking this. Yeah. Or the skunk. <laughs> Have a good week, guys. Take care. 2,000 Faces for Radio. Subscribe today. Hey everyone, pardon the interruption. We just want to take a quick minute to thank the following sponsors who make this show possible. We want to take a minute to tell you about Holy House, a nonprofit organization that provides community building programs and tenant support services to low-income seniors, veterans, families, and vulnerable residents in the downtown east side and across the lower mainland. Melissa from our team has been volunteering at Holy House. Melissa, what's been your experience? Honestly, it's been so fulfilling just to spend a few hours a week in the community and watch how the staff really transforms these vulnerable communities from the inside out, starting with just small things, right? Playing games, drinking coffee, having some simple conversations that you wouldn't necessarily think are super fulfilling. And you come out just feeling like you've really made an impact and connected with the community. And you've been to multiple buildings, but you're playing games, drinking coffee. Yeah, you know, serving food sometimes. And you made some friends along the and way. And I've made some friends along the way. It's really helped me be more present, actually. 
in those moments of just, you know, realizing how simple life can be to make an impact, right? Fantastic. And if you want to learn more, you can definitely check out Jenny Konkin, co-founder of Holy House, who is a past guest fan favorite on the show, or head over to holyhouse.ca where you can donate or volunteer. And they're looking for both donations and they definitely like volunteers. That's holyhouse.ca. Vancouver needs your help. Be part of the solution. We are also sponsored by Oakland Realty. This is our real estate brokerage, best brokerage in the city, hands down. If you are in the industry, a new agent, an aspiring agent, somebody just looking to make a change, new culture, new energy, new resources, head over to oakland.com slash join, type in VRP 2020. That's oakland.com slash join, type in VRP 2020. Not only do you get to meet Michael Morgan and the gang, the big wigs over at Oakland, you get a huge incentive for first going to oakland.com slash join, typing in VRP 2020. <laughs> 